Hello, and thanks for tuning into this Scout Report episode of GasCast. I'm Max Alderson, and I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Pollard from Holding the High Line, the independent Colorado Rapids podcast. Matt, thanks so much for joining me. How are things over in Colorado? Max, thank you very much for having me on. Always happy to be talking about footy on an afternoon. Um, I think things are okay. It's sweltering hot, so we're in the the middle of the summer for us, and things are okay from a COVID-19 pandemic situation, but still strange and interesting times that uh, we find ourselves in here in Colorado and around the world. Yeah, and from what I understand, your season's just started or restarted. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. So we did get through the first two match days um, of the season. Um, Sam Nicholson, who we'll be talking about in a few minutes, uh, played all 90 minutes in both of those games and things were shut down with the pandemic. And we've got kind of a weird situation where it's kind of like a World Cup, but for all the teams in MLS with everybody in Orlando at this big sports complex that ESPN owns and operates. And so they're playing and they were teams were divided into different groups, somewhat by region. And so we're finishing out this week. Thursday, um, as we're talking, uh, will be the last group stage game. The Colorado Rapids have already been eliminated from group stage play. They had a very poor performance against their uh, rival Real Salt Lake in the first game, and then some uh, pretty poor officiating decisions went against them in the second game against Sporting Kansas City. They were up 1-0. It could have been 2-0 through 60 minutes, and uh, two red cards and a PK see them lose that game 3-2 spectacularly. So, um, you know, not much to play for tonight against Minnesota United, but still looking for to it because not quite sure when the next game is going to be with um, everything going on with the pandemic and some of the complexities with the um, Canadian teams trying to get across the border and back to play the American teams. That sounds absolutely crazy if I'm honest with you. Um, so from, from, from what, <laughs> yes, from what you does. just said, <laughs> there's been a, re, a reformatting of the league into a, a tournament format uh, and you're already out of that format after two games. Yeah, so it's so it's uh, so it's just a tournament itself. But then MLS, being very wonky and weird as it is, decided that the group stage games would count towards the regular season. When this crazy idea was concocted uh, originally back in uh, late May, early June, the idea was um, the final set to take place on Monday, the 11th of August, and then the assumption would be that following Saturday we'd be resuming the regular season. But at the time that they were planning it, things were um, relatively stable in the state of Florida. Um, Ron DeSantis, the governor, was kind of famously coming out on all the news channels and saying, you know, you were predicting that it was going to be a huge blow up, that Florida was going to be just like Italy, um, you know, was going to be like China. And it's not like that. So everybody was like, oh, okay, Florida's got it under control. Let's do it in Florida. And now Florida and the state of Texas, where there's two MLS teams are the epicenters of the pandemic in the world. So, uh, you know, certainly shaky ground. We're kind of hopeful. But um, the commissioner of the league has come out and said they're willing to go into calendar year 2021 to finish out the season in the playoff format that we have in MLS and they're willing to truncate the 2021 season in order to finish out the 2020 season so you know we could come back again we could not start it could be a couple of months um, you know we could be hoping that that uh, the vaccine that uh, your pals down in Oxford um, are testing right now ends up getting mass spread so it's very shaky times but I'm excited that we get one more Colorado Rapids game and we're going to enjoy it as much as we can as a team that's already been eliminated because we're not sure when we're going to see the burgundy and blue next <laughs> absolutely you've got to make the most of it while it's there because like you say you never know if there's going to be another flare-up or, or what the situation's going to be so just yeah make the most of all the football we can get at the minute um so let's talk about sam nicholson um earlier today rovers announced that he'd signed on a two-year deal on a free transfer from the rapids 
Um, what can you tell us about him as a player? Um, he's a good little player. I would say he's a traditional winger that, um, in the traditional sense, you know, he loves to stay on the touchline. He'll definitely get, um, paint on his boots out at Memorial stadium. When he starts playing there, um, he loves to take on defenders one V one in a dribble. He's a very good crosser of the ball, but he's also, at least with the Rapids, he was playing on his inverted wing. Um, he's left footed, but he played on the right wing. Normally, um, his previous club, when he was uh, with Minnesota United, he played a little bit on both wings and I've had some conversations with him in the past where he was actually a number 10 in his academy time um, back when he was at heart so um, he, there's a little bit of versatility um, with him but he's most comfortable um, on the right wing getting down through to the end line and crossing in a ball or cutting inside to either create a pass so um, he's very dribbly and very creative and certainly a player who I think uh, provided a lot of versatility for the Rapids and I'm not as familiar with uh, what Rove's squad looks like but certainly um, that could be uh, that could be a unique uh, skill for him to be another bullet in their side as they enter the 2020-2021 season. Yeah, definitely. And I think that versatility is, is going to be something we rely on quite a bit as we sort of um, try at different formations and try and find the best combination up front for us because wingers have been a part of our game. We've been lacking for a season or two since we, since we lost uh, Billy Bowden to Preston. Um, what would you say are the strongest parts of his game that you feel you can rely on him on a match day to, to produce. I would say he's he's very creative and he's very unpredictable. You know, I kind of described his two sort of default moves in terms of taking a touch further and then whipping it across to a number nine. The Colorado Rapids in his time here had very, very good number nine. So we like to play in the air, certainly when they got into the final third, but also cutting inside. But I, I have a little bit of a story that I think will illustrate the fact that he's unpredictable. Um, there was a game that we had. This would have been in the 2018 season um, where he was playing. Uh, he had been inverted onto the left wing and he took a dribble all the way across almost to the top the front of goal and then cut back and went all the way to the end line and then crossed the ball at the back post and the striker for the Rapids nearly missed on um, on a thumping header and if that had gone in that would have been a goal of the week in MLS possibly a candidate of goal of the year for the Rapids and so I asked him about that play because initially he was cutting inside looks like he was set up for a pass or a shot and then he cuts all the way back into space and then crosses the ball back in and he said you know I'm not really sure what I was doing I I might have been going into this into the crowd to talk to a supporter or something and he kind of laughed it off and so the what, what I'm trying to get at is Sam Nicholson gets the ball on his feet with a defender near him and space beyond that nobody in the stands necessarily knows what's going to happen and potentially he doesn't know what he's going to do yet when he gets the ball and so that unpredictability makes him really really hard to mark 1v1 and it also makes it hard to um, uh, you know to um, plan for him because you make one mistake and he's off to the races. Yeah, he sounds like a really dangerous player who, who can cause all sorts of problems for defenders. Um, but are there any areas for, of, of his game where you feel he could have improved on? Um, I would say in terms of we saw a lot of creativity from him so the eye test was there in terms of him being dangerous but from a stat standpoint he wasn't super productive in his time with the Rapids he was traded halfway through the 2018, 2018 season and he had two goals and two assists in 19 games and then last year albeit one that was very up and down for the Rapids they had by a number of measures the worst start in MLS through 10 games. We play a 34 game season here in the States, but he had two goals and four assists. And um, so 
sacked a manager, completely changed the system with the caretaker manager after that. And then Robin Frazier, who's now the manager for the Rapids, comes in and stabilizes thing. And he's sort of rounded into form into that area. So I'd be really curious um, from a Rover standpoint, talking about his versatility, um, where does the club see in terms of his position? And then certainly what are they going to do from a style of play standpoint? I think Nicholson's production was okay in 2018, where the Rapids were very much a more conservative defensive team. They were happy to just work really hard, nick a goal, and then win the game 1-0. And then this past season, they were a little bit more open. So going into the 2020 season, I was really excited to see, could he flip those around to where maybe he was a five-goal, seven-assist man over the course of a 34-game season. So obviously, we don't know what that's going to look like, but what would that look like in a 48-game season in League One, I think would certainly be a curiosity for me because we see him get into a lot of dangerous areas. We see him create shooting opportunities for himself and his teammates, but sometimes the final finish hasn't necessarily been there. And some of that's been on him. Some of that's been on the situations with the club. But if it's a good fit at Bristol, Rovers I think you'd expect him to be productive in this season the um other thing that was a little bit of a concern going back to 2018, um, Anthony Hudson, who was the manager at that time for the Rapids, was kind of very regimented, kind of like Marcelo Bielsa right now with Leeds, where if he could ha- have the same starting 11 for every single game of the season, he would do that. And Nicholson kind of got ran into the ground. And there was a point where they had a road trip where they were playing on a Wednesday and then a Saturday in Southern California. I believe it was at LA Galaxy and then at LAFC. And then he ended up tweaking his back and he had already kind of had a back issue and that put him out for the rest of the season and it took almost all of 2019 for that to get managed he was seeing a um, acupuncturist outside Um, they had a couple of different medical professionals come in it's gotten to the point where at least with the rapids going into this season things were stabilized but there was a lot more maintenance that had to go with him so how you'd think like a, a center back in their early 30s for example who has had a couple of knee operations there's just regular maintenance that needs to occur on that and in that with the fact that you know in the lower divisions of England you're playing what Saturday Tuesday Saturday Wednesday roughly I would have some concerns about him being a 90 minute player having to play two games a week okay yeah so it would sound like we would probably need to bring in more depth in that position um, to cover for him if if he does need those Tuesdays off Um, but it certainly sounds like he's got room to grow those assist numbers aren't great but like you said compared to England it's a different um, number of games played per season I think potentially with Johnson Clark Harris up front, our striker, it's certainly been the case where he's had to create a lot of his own goals from nothing. It'd be nice to see both how Nicholson and Clark Harris can play together, um, whether they can they can produce higher numbers together than um, previous wingers we've had in. Um, so staying on the topic of wingers, um, how does Sam compare to other wingers that have played for the Rapids in recent seasons? I would say he's been a very, very productive player. Um, the Rapids kind of, they, they went through a little bit of a transformation in the last, uh, we'll say last year, 18 months, where Robin Frazier wanted to transition um, out of a 4-4-2 diamond. So the 4 one, two, one, two, um, as you might know it, um, and then uh, transitioning into a four, three, three, and Nicholson was more comfortable there. And they have a couple of other players who are very versatile, but were more comfortable in other positions. Um, Kai Kamara, who you might remember with uh, Norwich City and then Middlesbrough, um, who was the number nine, was kind of taking up most of the minutes, and some of the other number nines who were more comfortable up top and in the middle were kind of spread out to the wing. And Nicholson um, did a lot of good things relative 
relative to them. So I would say he was versatile and unique in that regard. And it was some players who would play a little bit more two ways, maybe couldn't use their speed as well and weren't as good crossers of the ball. And then the Rapids do have now two very, very young super sub wingers. Um, one of them being Jonathan Lewis, who's an American um, youth international has gotten some calls up for the senior team. I think he's 21 going on 22 now, and he's a very directed goal. He's going to get out wide and he's just going to get the ball and go straight at goal and try and create a shot. So like I was saying before, Nicholson had some very traditional winger skills that made him very useful and beloved from the Rapids and a lot of um, unpredictability to where he could do five or six different things each time that he got met up against the opposing outside back that he was matched in. And that made things very, very difficult where some of the other wingers usually had a premier, uh, had a main go-to move and then another move that they would go to if that one wasn't working. You know, Sam has five, six different things that he can do in his arsenal when he gets on the ball. Yeah, certainly sounds exciting. Um, there's been a lot of predictability with wingers we brought in recently where they get the ball and you already know what they're going to do before they do it. So it'd be nice to have a player um, in Nicholson's mould where we can unlock defences in different ways. Uh, in, in terms of him leaving the Rapids, were you surprised when the news broke that he wanted to move back to the United Kingdom? Uh, totally shocked, I think, just because of the the timing of it. And it kind of came out of nowhere. He did post a video through the Rapids website where he said that, um, you know, he had something going on with his family situation. I don't know the exact details, but I can say that Nicholson is a very, very big family man. I think that was something that had him really comfortable and happy at his time at Hearts. Obviously, he supported the club as a kid. His entire family supported it, and he was there in town. And even in his time in Minnesota, getting used to that, coming to a new country, obviously the language is the same but his accent you know has him stick out if he's going to the grocery store or something getting used to driving on the other side of the road and just the lifestyle he ended up getting used to that both in Minnesota um, and then here in Colorado but certainly that was something that he talked about um, every single time somebody brought up his back injury was not just the the physical toll that it took on him but kind of this um, the psychological and the mental toll and how he really needed that support both from the club from the locker room and also his family and friends and so I don't know what was going on with him I I don't know if it was related to the pandemic or whatever, but clearly something happened with his family situation to where he felt that he needed to be um, back home in Scotland. So if that's been sorted out and obviously now, you know, a, a three, four hour uh, ish drive one way um, from Bristol up to um, Edinburgh is going to be significantly easier than his family every couple of months coming on a plane and having to deal with jet lag and customs and everything is going to be much easier. But if, if Nicholson's in there where he feels that he has a good relationship with the manager and there's one or two lads who can be mates with him, um, you know, in the dressing room, then he's going to be really, really happy and settled. Uh, you know, I think we were where it's really disappointing from a rapid standpoint is we thought we thought this was going to be the 2020 was going to be the coming out year for Sam Nicholson because he was finally good with his back situation. He was in a system that worked with a manager that liked him and he was absolutely beloved um, in the dressing room here. It's like, okay, Nicholson, go out there, you know, get five goals, get eight assists, see if we can make it to the playoffs. Um, and so that's gone away. But I think if, if he's happy enough, you know, I saw a report saying that, you know, he chose Rovers over an opportunity to go back to hearts. If that's a, a good situation, where he feels like he can thrive once he gets settled um you know he'll be absolutely delighted yeah um I was uh, my next question was going to be are you disappointed to see him leave but from, by the signs of it it's, it seems like you were, had big hopes for him this season 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was uh, I was talking with my co-host Mark Goodman um, on from holding the high line, and we were watching that first game as the Rapids gave up the second goal. I want to say 70th minute or so um, against Real Salt Lake, and it's you know we're looking at the bench and what could they do attacking wise, and they just brought on um, uh, they just subbed out one number nine for another number nine, and we kind of looked at each other on our um, Zoom call that we were doing with a couple of other supporters, and I said, Mark, this game needs Sam Nicholson right now. So um, I don't know that I could give you you know a better representation of how much he was liked with the fact that Hearts fans were super sad to see him go. Um, He wasn't a super good fit with Minnesota United. They were not playing well and looking to change the system and he was a little bit surplus but you know all the supporters and all the teammates had nothing but good things to say. You know good lad, worked hard, fought for the shirt um, but you know just wasn't the fit for us right now. And then he comes into the Rapids, he establishes things, you know, he's a different player. He's one that's extremely exciting. You get off your seat every single time he gets on the ball in the final third. And then we lose him for out of nowhere for a reason that's completely understandable. And the very next game in possibly the only three games the Rapids are going to play the rest of the season, the one thing we needed was Sam Nicholson coming off the bench. Yeah, it must be very frustrating um, from from our point of view. I, I I was excited by the signing, but by what you're saying, it sounds like we're getting a really exciting and dynamic player. Um, I spoke with another Rapids fan who actually, I contact, he recommended I contact you guys for this episode. Uh, he said that Sam was very well liked with the supporters, and that's something that you've said you, you echo. Um, has a great attitude and a good affiliation with the fan base. Um, yeah, I think a large percentage of our fan base will be pretty happy with this signing and hopefully he can prove that he can improve and be an asset to us as he was to you guys. Um, my last question for you is, is in terms of leaving the Rapids and coming to the English pyramid, um, what would you say is his level in the EFL? Would you say he's a League One player or do you think he could potentially play championship? Uh, how how much time do you have to talk about this, Max? So the <laughs> the the normal the, the cliche that everybody comes up with, um, whether or not it's true, the conventional wisdom is roughly starting in the championship. So um, obviously MLS with the way finances work, and I won't go full down the rabbit hole, but um, there's three roster spots referred to as designated player spots that MLS teams can spend any amount of money above the salary budget, the salary cap system that we have, and so most teams spend that on attacking players, number nines, number tens wingers starting to spend a little bit more money on box-to-box midfielders and center backs and so um, we are a league that can by a number of different uh, uh, circumstances acquire huge superstars like David Beckham and Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Thierry Henry so there's no doubt that you know we could have a handful of designated players in MLS that could walk into most Premier League squads and find some sort of playing time. You know, the most recent example, probably Miguel Amarone, formerly Atlanta United, now with Newcastle United. And then when you get into the midfield, at least when you look at the finances and how players um, play and maybe the fact that it's more about athleticism than skill and just looking at like FIFA scores, for example, most of them are in the championship. And then just with the way the league spends money, we have a lot of players um, who are starting and decent players in MLS um, who from a money standpoint are more equivalent to a league one side. And obviously we're a league where you're more likely to get a three, two score line than say multiple nil, nil draws, for example. Um, so, you know, I would say that I was surprised that Sam Nicholson um, went down to league one, no disrespect to the English third division. You know, he was a player who, um, you know, I would have thought the week after he, uh, you know, had his contract mutually terminate with the Rapids that he was just going to immediately resign with Hearts. I think in the right situation, he would have found a immediate impact opportunity in the first division in Scotland and certainly in the Scottish Championship 
partnership uh, would have been able to find um, minutes with the way that he kind of plays and how he kind of fits into a particular role. If he were to go to the championship, I think he have to, you know, any one of the 24 teams and he's automatically, but uh, you know, going to start every game, but for the right fit, I thought he would have been a regular contributor in the championship. So he's certainly starting caliber um, by um, league one standards, certainly from what I've seen, you know, I'd say he's, I'd say he's certainly better than uh, he has a leg up on say Lyndon Gooch, for example, um, with Sunderland before we hit the record button, we were talking about Sunderland till I die. And I'm, uh, I'm an open stand for any American playing anywhere over overseas. So um, I relate him to that in terms of being slightly better than him so um you know i would expect him to come and especially just based on what his wages were um in the united states and where that stands roughly to the the median wage in the english third division he should be a snorter in league one and an impact player and another three or four of those you know i think bristol rovers go from being you know 14th in the english one to you know certainly with the potential the challenge for playoffs yeah fantastic and Lyndon gooch is a player who i've i've been raving about since um he's broken through at sunderland i think he, he's caused us no end of problems every time he's played against us um, and if Nicholson is anywhere near as good as Gooch has been at this level then I think we're in for a real treat of a signing um, yeah high praise um, thanks so much for joining me Matt I really appreciate your time I know we've had to sort of negotiate the the time slot due to our, our massive time zone difference um, it's certainly been a change of dynamic for, for me to be able to talk to someone from the United States about a player we're signing and talking about the MLS as well has been fantastic um, so thanks so much for your time and I, I wish you all the best with the Rapids uh, for the remainder of the season and hopefully you can get some consistent fixtures out soon Thank you very much for your time Max uh, take, care of, take care of Sam Nicholson he's a good lad and best of luck with whatever the schedule looks like uh, come on the Rove Gasheads, thanks for tuning in it's been a busy week at Rovers with signings so we'll be back next week with a full episode to discuss in depth each of our new players and what we make of the business done so far. Um, until next time, thanks for listening again and up the gas. Bye.